0: Welcome back, lads and lads, to episode 36. 36, Philly. Really. What do you got to say about that?
1: I don't know. I don't think I have anything big about 36. It's not like a common common number, I feel like. I don't think no, there's it's, that it's many, an, it's like, not a like 36 of something. No. no, I, no so it's a... probably like, if you look in like NHL archives, you could find like hockey players with like the weirdest names or something that have just war number 36, I bet. Like it's oh, one of those sure. things. Also, that's like, odd those really
0: obscure stats where it's been like it's been thirty six years since someone had like a plus
1: thirty six years on this date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs>
0: there's some really weird stats. Out like there a now.
1: baseball stat, definitely a baseball stat. Base- you know, I like like baseball, like baseball is those ones that always pull up. Like nobody has ever thrown this many strikes and this many like balls on this date at this time in the afternoon when the weather was care, like how do you even track that stat why is that in the books like it's just yeah, the most that's... insane absurd <laughs> stats ever but i kind of love but it i,
0: I, I kind of love it too I, I love the commitment on it
1: yeah I love the commitment on it
0: but yeah. it's a beautiful day here obviously you can't see because it's a podcast we are on youtube but it's a beautiful day we're back to our roots. I'm actually outside recording this. I'm sitting in my backyard. I'm in a lawn chair, uh, yeah. and I'm uh, you have love and life, man. What a, you what a are allowed a in a lawn chair right now. I am a lad in a lawn chair. Back to our, this was, I think, we recorded a, outside in episode two or three. What, I think Jonathan it was the episode Aang with the, Aang, yeah. yeah. It was the episode with Aang. We had the big- uh, Our first ever in my guest. Backyard. Our first ever guest, Jonathan Aang. Speaking <laughs> of guests, joining us a little later, arguably our most anticipated guest, Cabbie Richards will be joining us later in the episode. And we are super, super excited about that.
1: Yeah, honestly, it was so cool to get to have him on. It's, it's a pump up, but like, how cool is it then? Then we're going to pull up like a baseball stat like that, basically. Episode 36, which we just said is probably one of those ones with a random statistic. Episode 36, you happen to be sitting outside, which was the first episode that we ever recorded outside with our first ever guest. So that was super anticipated. And now we're having this massive guest in Cabbie Richards on episode 36. It all lines up. It's a baseball stat.
0: It's, it's a full circle, man. It's a, it's it a crazy, crazy world out there. Uh, so I want to talk about a little, little bit about episode 35. Last episode, you brought up marble racing. And like, yeah. I had no idea what that was before. I thought that was hilarious. I remember just howling. Like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe that was a thing. But I went on YouTube and I searched it. Yeah, and all I gotta say is wow. Yeah, like, I am so invested in marble racing. I've probably watched twelve of. It's the gels marble runs. Is like my my guy on that on that. As far as marble yeah, racing, yeah,
1: that's where you got to go, man. That's where it's at. No, he's
0: the best. He's the yeah. best. So I've watched that. I've shown my dad. I've shown my brother. Yeah. And now, like, I'm on this orientation team for school, right? And there's a little drinking game, a little like team social. So, so I thought, what better way to have some drinks with the team online? Yeah. than to make a little drinking game out of the marble runs. So yeah, I'm doing perfect. like, oh, every lap, drink. Every, uh, every time they say like chicane, turn, speed, <laughs> or your team name, drink. And then oh, so it, you got every time there's a lead teams. change, got drink. everybody to pick teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, oh, I didn't want to cheat like we talked about. I didn't want to cheat. So I went okay. to the beginning of the video. The very first time they showed all the team names, I just screenshotted it. And yeah. then like organized everyone's team.
1: Nice. But what a great
0: hey. quarantine activity. You're wow, definitely gonna you have really. people
1: coming after you for cheating, though. Just yeah, you know. uh, yeah, like hundred percent. I, I, <laughs> you, you can't organize an event to, like that and win. not have people come after your head. It's gonna happen. Kind of I know your now. team's gonna win, and they're gonna come after you. I
0: did. I swear. I swear. I didn't cheat.
1: Okay. Did you? Did you end up getting into like the Marble Olympics at all? I forgot those were well, on. That's, that's
0: the video I picked, so I watched the, oh, marble, okay, <laughs> the, okay. the marble Olympics. That's the video I picked because, like, it had just the right, right number of teams. Right. But it starts off; they're going down these, like, remember that old water park at Ontario Place? That's, that's still a thing.
1: Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Anyway, oh, oh, I know you're saying, though, and it's called. Yeah, like they had the
0: the big slide where it's like a toilet bowl, and you yeah, like flush and you go. Like that's how the marble race starts out, where right? they just go around in circles, and it's like whoever yeah. stays in the longest wins.
1: Yeah it's
0: a it's a challenge of endurance it's nice but then not to mention like obviously the marble racing itself is is really cool but the editing involved
1: it's it's amazing it's it's
0: amazing and they have big name sponsors like they're sponsored by like bmw and like at&t like just i don't know if at&t actually is one but i don't know if they're actually sponsors
1: sponsors. he might have just he might have just fudged that a little bit you think? I'm yeah, really because that was the that? first season of the marble marble racing, oh, and then the second okay. season <laughs> was, was gonna, like just regular if, if names. If they actually,
0: if they actually put down like, get like a, a sponsorship deal with this guy who makes marble YouTube videos out of his house, I'd be so impressed, man. That guy's probably the, like, the best promoter of all time. Best yeah, best seriously. That's if he's got mind. those companies in on it,
1: but yeah, it's so cool. I uh, after the episode, like right after it finished, my. Uh, my whole family started watching them because they wanted to see what was up with it. Really? Yeah. So, and what did they think? They loved it. They were hooked. They started watching all the – they started watching even like the Olympics after they got into that. <laughs> and then uh, my parents uh, were like in the backyard and my sisters were watching TV. I go upstairs to start like editing some stuff and I just hear cheering coming from downstairs. So I go downstairs. My sisters are still watching the races. They've picked their own teams and are like cheering against each other and stuff.
0: Your it's dad's so to tarp off to us.
1: <laughs> 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 Standing in the living room with like chest painted. Go speed Go BMW.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go rojo Rollers.
1: Yeah. I that's a team. <laughs> it's so but yeah, good, man. but there's so many applications to it and like so many different events and it's amazing. It's amazing. it's honestly
0: brightened up my quarantine. It yeah. honestly has. I'd go as far as say as marble racing has been the highlight of my quarantine. Really, I don't know, that's sad to say, or, or, or impressive.
1: Might be a little sad to say. I don't no. know. I don't know. Well, you know what's
0: not sad. You know what? Other another highlight. Another highlight. Golf is back on. Yes, it we is. got the, the Charles Schwab third round is today on Saturday when we're or sorry Sunday. No, it's the it's the final. It's today, the final. Right? Yeah. Oh my God! What I, I just what year is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I'm there. This guy was so. You were just so lost there. It's all right. We're I know. I know. We're back. We're back. So round four, Charles Schwab. It's amazing to have live sports back on TV. Um, I know we talked about like the NBA and the NHL coming back and I still don't agree with that, but like, it's nice to see, it's nice to see a sport that like, didn't have to have like a season necessarily going on. Obviously they have the FedEx cup and all that going on during the season, like during the year, but to be able to watch them play live sports in a tournament is so amazing. And it's kind of funny to watch with no fans. Have you like, have you watched that at all?
0: Yeah. So I watched a bit of the highlights. I haven't really watched the tournament. Okay. Um, just been busy with like work and whatnot, but, uh, man, so I watched the tournament. What was it? Who was it? It was like Justin Thomas, who was like saluting the, the invisible fans after like he like birdied. Yeah. Or, like, chipped in for Eagle or something. I can't remember what it was, but like, I remember, he, I think it was Justin Thomas anyways, but he was like saluting the, uh, the empty fans, I thought that was hilarious, man.
1: Yeah, it's so funny to see, like, they're just painting on the holes, and it's almost like they're just playing practice rounds. You know what I mean? I know, it, There's nobody like, in the back, nobody really, around, no cheering, nothing. It doesn't take away know, from it at so all, though. Weird. It's just kind of it, That's weird. the thing. Yeah, it it's is, just and weird. It's nice to be able
0: to throw some money down. Like I said, I got my, my first corporate job working, and I'm working, and I, 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 now I have money. Again, which is so nice because at school I think I had negative forty-four dollars in my bank. That's card. perfect. Perfect. So yeah, you just love to see it. But I had negative forty-four. But now I'm, I'm working again, and I'm I'd like to be able to have some fun, put some money down on the games.
1: Are you? Uh, have you like gone into Bet three six five or anything like that before? Are you like a pro line like, guy? Like
0: a little bit. I'm not. I, I was a pro line guy in Elliott Lake for a bit, okay. and then I uh, I don't know. I kind of dabbled with bet three six five. Not, not so much recently. Just because, like, I at school, I'm always so broke. Right. But like in the summer, I have a little extra cash just weighing down my pockets, you know.
1: Yeah. So you got to get rid of it. of it.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, there's no point have... of
1: keeping it in there. What's it? What's it there for?
0: And especially, especially with like no bar trips or like nowhere else, I'm not getting haircuts. Yeah. So like, yeah. I have all this extra cash, burning a hole in my pocket. What else am I, I? Might as well throw it away.
1: Yeah. I uh, I took like a. Little hiatus from from betting before the coronavirus happened, and then I was just waiting for March Madness because I was like, all right, that's where I'll like put yeah, a little money yeah. down. I did that last year; it was so much fun to watch every game, and you're just screaming at the TV like you've never watched a <laughs> single game of the season. You don't know anybody on the team, but like by the end of it, you know every single player, what their like tendencies are. You know their
0: free throw percentage from their junior year <laughs> in high school. Yeah.
1: yeah, you know like everything there is to know about them. And you're just screaming at them, like missing shots. You're like, you're the worst player ever. Get him off the court. Get him off the court. Just stuff yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. And then it's like, why aren't you running the triangle offense right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Stick to the game plan. And then March Madness got canceled and it was just devastating. So there was nothing else to bet on. And like, I had futures put down on NBA rookie of the year, NBA MVP, and then, uh, I had uh Hans convinced me to put down a future on the Pelicans winning NBA championship. <laughs> I put like a dollar on the Pelicans and the return was like I don't even know. I think it's 250. Yeah, it's 250. That's so, hilarious. I mean they're in the playoffs, so you're saying there's a chance. Like yeah, you're saying exactly. there's a chance. So there's we'll see. Chance.
0: We'll see. And man, you know, you know who would be able to help you out with the uh, maybe maybe getting your uh Some good bets in? Knowing his stuff? I think uh, our next guest, Cabby Richards, knows a thing or two about betting. The host of the Bleacher
1: Report betting show. A host of a betting show. I think it might be time to bring him in now, McGee. I think it might be time to introduce our next guest. One we've been super excited to release, one we've been sitting on for a little bit, and we were just like pumped. So pumped for everybody to see. McGee, you want to do the honors?
0: Lads and ladettes, please welcome our highly, highly anticipated guest for episode 36. And we are super, super excited to present to you, the interviewer becomes the interviewee, Cabral Richards.
1: Joining us now is Cabral Richards, aka Cabby, former host of Cabby on the Street cabbie presents and current hosts of bleacher reports game day game show and the bleacher report betting show a man who has won over the hearts and minds of all canadians due to his unique and personal interviewing style a man that i would go as far to say is one of the most beloved canadian tv personalities ever he has had the pleasure of interviewing some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment including will smith will ferrell kevin hart drake asap rocky michael jordan Aaron Rodgers, Derek Jeter, Sean White, Tony Hawk, the list goes on. Please welcome to the show, Cabbie. Cabbie, how are you? Thank you for thank joining us.
2: Thank you. That us. was that was wonderful. I really appreciate very kind words. Thank you very much, Zach.
1: No problem. Well, thank you for joining us. First off, like, how are you? How are you doing?
2: I am, uh, I'm overweight. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> not, that's never good. The quarantine 15 is a real thing. I've just been snacking between like 2 and 4 a.m., crushing you know shows on netflix and i'm in the united states so i'm watching hulu and showtime and hbo so there's whereas i should be reading more i've just been like on my couch a little bit more at night not a little bit more a lot bit more yeah. and uh so that that part hasn't been good but but overall i am uh i'm optimistic about the yeah, obviously big changes in the world and yep. Uh, and like that, that uh, tidal wave of support and energy is, is promising. But uh, health wise, yeah, not, not so promising. I really need <laughs> to, um, I really need these gyms to reopen so I can get on a treadmill. Is it, because I'm in Las Vegas, running here is like 41 degrees Celsius. Yeah. And like oh there's, it's a desert. So there's sometimes there's wind is just, you're running into a headwind. And then like, I don't run with water. I need to get one of those little um, belts. with a camel little, box. Like, What's that? The
0: little the little pouches with the tubes to your yeah, um, <laughs>
2: yes yes I need one of those so that I can I can uh, comfortably enter my 40s looking like somebody's dad and running in a 5k uh, but I, but those like those would help my, me survive these you know five and 10k runs that I try to do much slower than I used to so um, I really need some gyms to reopen so I can go lift some weights and, and work out that way.
0: Well, you're not the only one. Like Zach and I are, we talked about it in a previous pod. We're getting a little milky as well, so uh, we, you're, not, you're not the only one, Cam. So we just <laughs> wanted to say, we just wanted to say we're huge fans of yours, and we really thank appreciate you coming on. So thank you. Growing up, like Zach and I, watch guys like you, Jay and Dan on TSN before school almost every morning. Nice. Uh, and and to have you on our show is an absolute privilege. Would you be able to talk about getting to be such a big part of TSN and kind of the growth you uh, went through just
2: just with TSN? Sure. Uh, well, I came from the score, so like all my foundational learnings and a lot of like the interviews that I d- I did uh, were at the score, and that's why I, I was I evolved or matured as a producer, and maybe not so much as an on-camera talent, but certainly, like, crafting the stories, adding highlights, music, and graphics. That part really excited. I mean, obviously, interviewing the people, the athletes yeah, were was the most exciting, but it was exciting trying, like, different ways to tell a story or different elements that I can infuse into the interviews. And um, I reached a point, you know, and, and at the score, it was Tim, it was Sid, it was myself, my man D, Adnan Virk. You know, Elliot Freeman started there, James Cebulski, uh Sarah Orleski. There was so much talent at the score. And even, like, the Basketball Jones guys and, you know, the, the Christian Jack. And, you know, there was, we, we, we likened ourselves to the Montreal Expos. We were like a small market franchise trying to compete with the big boys. And then the time came to go play with the big boys at TSN. So I wouldn't call them the Yankees, maybe like the L.A. Dodgers or the Boston Red Sox or something. Um, but uh, so so, um, all that, all those interviews like Jeter and, and I got to meet MJ when I was at The Score and Tony Hawk and some of those names that you mentioned, um, I took that experience at TSN and TSN at the time, I guess Jay and Dan were uh, the two on-air talents that really leaned into they're a lighthearted way to deliver news and information uh, when they were um, co-anchoring SportsCenter, and James Duffy had done it a little bit in some of his interviews. I can think of fondly um, a, a sketch that he wrote with um, with Noodles with uh, Jamie McLennan. yeah, and he was the backup goaltender, I think, in Florida with Luongo. And, with Luongo, yeah, yeah. Um, and then but like when I got to TSN and my man D got there, then we wanted to change a little bit of the no not a little bit. we wanted to change a lot of the culture of TSN and certainly trying to elevate that that lighthearted of the sports element um, to to our videos and stuff and this is before we called videos is content. It was just like videos in, in my little segment um, so I tried to write more sketches they never they didn't really do very well but I was trying I was trying to like go outside of my comfort zone and trying to create more of a like a a fun product versus just like an interview, but right. the interview stuff is where I was the most successful. And while at TSN, you know, I got to expand, um, and how can I be so remiss and not mention Kobe? I mean, the foundation of my relationship with Kobe was at my, was uh, in the cabbie on the street days at the score. I probably interviewed Kobe 20 times Yeah, probably 20 times at the score. And then once at TSN, there were a couple of seasons where he was injured, blew out his shoulder, ruptured his Achilles. So he was just rehabbing. So I wouldn't go to LA to speak with him because he, you know, he was just concentrating on getting back to hundred percent. But once I got to TSN, you know, my, the range, uh, of, our, of athletes expanded. So like I really tried to get more NFL dudes in there, whether it was Aaron Rodgers or, Rodgers, or Russell Wilson or J.J. Watt, Bobby Wagner. And then we would go like these NFL training camps and you know me, or I don't know if you know me, but for the audience, I would always bring like props because I love that. I love that, that like we can interact with someone. We have something to do. And, and Rodgers was like the best with it. Actually, J.J. Watt once shot me with a Nerf. We brought him like this giant Nerf cannon. And I was wearing different jerseys for all the teams that he was going to play that calendar, uh, that season. And he just shot me in the face a few times. Too many, it's it's a weird thing to say about (laughs) him. But uh, so, yeah, I had more exposure to NFL players. And then some of the, like, I wrote a bit once where Jose Bautista was throwing, like, we had a dunk tank at the Skydome. And we weren't allowed to fill it with water like you'd see it at a, at a carnival, you hit a target, the person sitting on yeah. a little stool falls and submerges into a tank of water. So we weren't allowed to bring water to the field. We're like, ah. Oh. So we had to fill it with eggs. And they're like, we had to sneak them in because the, la- the lady that ran um, the facility, like the Skydome building, she was very particular about what went on the field, which I, I guess it makes sense. And this one time we wrote a sketch about like the, an RC car race. And I was, I was, I connected with a guy that worked in, uh, like the movie industry for like, on like props and like, we wanted to rig, um, and we had to get approval. And they obviously said no, but we were building a, an RC car to explode. And, uh, we were going to like, it was going to be, I think it was going to be Strowman, Donaldson, Encarnacion and Bats, I think were, or maybe Russell, oh my who the original four but then they, they shot it down because like you can't have anything that could potentially burn the field <laughs> yeah. and i'm like oh well no it's gonna be a small thing and i'm like we'll just do we'll just do like a smoke bomb versus like yeah. but it would have been so much cooler to have a car engulfed in flames yeah. going rounding second <laughs> rounding second base or whatnot whatnot um but anyway i'm sorry i've like gone on so many different tangents We're loving that that's okay which me which i I just I should say sort of in summary that yeah t s n gave me and elevated the platform from the score and then I was able to uh, do some pretty wild things while um even though the, I got to do some crazy things at the score the the events that I got to go to or the um the events I got to cover were a little bit bigger, for instance, for example um when I was at TSN, Mike Richards let me eat cereal out of the Stanley Cup. Like, I did not earn that <laughs> privilege. But in 2012, when the Kings won, they beat uh, – I think they beat San Jose, Anaheim. Uh, I think maybe even the, the Coyotes it was the, coyotes, the Blues. Yeah, I think
1: it's the
0: Coyotes and the The Coyotes, the Rangers, and then right? they took
2: on the Rangers, and then they hmm. beat Henrik Lundqvist in, in, four, in five games. Um, uh, or was it six games? I think it was five games. Anyway, like that night at the after party, I snuck in Captain Crunch in my back pocket because I'm fat and I have big jeans. I have large pockets because I wear <laughs> large jeans. Snuck some in. We went to, we were just at this little bar. I was like, oh, yo, baby bro, can we, can we do, uh, and baby bro was like, he was in full, it was like two hours of just drinking Bud Lights and champagne. So he's like, sure, man, whatever you want to do. Like eyes just bare like this. Thank you, baby bro. We get, we get some like milk and some cream. We're just at this bar and pour it into the cup, pour the cereal in, I gave him a a spoon, I took one and I was like, I'm actually eating Captain Crunch out of the Stanley Cup, like the most hallowed, the most like important trophy in our country. And uh, and here I am, kind of disrespecting it, eating cereal out of it, but it was an incredible moment. And then two years later, when they beat the Devils in the Stanley Cup final, we were at uh, Mike Richards' house in Kenora and we woke up that morning and we ate Lucky Charms out of the Stanley Cup. So those are those are things, experiences I will never forget. And I'm very grateful because I'm just a dumb reporter. Like I just go out and ask them really ridiculous questions, but I've been so lucky that the athletes that I've interviewed, they they've embraced me and I be able to form. I've been able to form some friendships with these guys, so that I have these incredible life experiences like eating cereal out of the Stanley
1: Cup. Yeah. That's incredible. I don't think that's uh, disrespectful at all. That's just an, an amazing thing to be able to do to eat cereal out of
2: it. Um, Listen, you guys need to have, and I've, I've said this recently on a, on a different platform, but if you guys can track down Mike Bolt, Mike Bolt is one of the guys that is, the, is the, one of the keepers of the cup. Okay. Phil is the more famous guy. He's got like the terrible bowl cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Mike Bolt. <laughs> is the storyteller, bro. Like Mike Bolt, I mean, I don't know if he would say it publicly because he probably can't, but if you ever had a beer with him or if you ever got to meet him in real life and just took in a game, Mike can tell you stories about the four corners of the globe that the Stanley Cup has traveled to and certain environments that that cup's been in where there have been um, people and maybe those people weren't wearing all of their clothes.
1: (laughs) That's pretty funny.
2: Um, cab, you talked about, uh,
1: how your involvement in all the pieces that you do and bringing all the like props and setting up all the different, uh, storylines and stuff that you do with the different athletes. Recently we had on our, our podcast, uh, Keisha mystery. And he told us, uh, he told us to ask you about something that not a lot of people know that you do. And that's more your involvement in the editing and stuff behind the scenes of your pieces. I just wanted to know, because for me, I do a lot of video editing and stuff. Nice. What, what is it that like made you get into the behind the scenes stuff? And like, which do you prefer?
2: Like, Great question. And uh, shout out to Keyshawn. We've had, I've leaned on that, that cat so many times in the past because he's such a brilliant artist. I'm like, yo, Keyshawn, can you design this poster with these elements? Cause I'm just going to use that as a transition from this question to this. And then I'll get my editor to animate. So say it's a baseball thing. I'm only saying baseball because it's June. So it's like, um, and I don't know if he did. Oh, maybe he did do a Mookie Betts thing for me. I think he did. He made uh, 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 what's such Super Saiyan. So he made like a Mookie Betts kind of caricature. And then when uh, oh my gosh, what's this? What's the what's the, the cartoon called? What's Super Saiyan? Uh, uh, that's
0: Dragon Ball Z, no? Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, so then he had like, so, you know, he drew it so that Mookie was like, ah, I forgot like this. And then there was like, there's like a, uh, not a smoke cloud, but all this energy and it was just, it was awesome. And then I, we animated it. Um, so sometimes i have like these dumb ideas like this and then I would just sketch them. So I'm going to, I'm going to get to your question in a second, uh, Zach. Uh, so I would have, I would send, you know, uh, Keyshawn and a few other designers at TSM like these terrible sketches and they would bring them to life much about 197% better than I envisioned it in my brain. And and that's why I leaned on cats like Keyshawn so often. And he's a great photographer and just has like a brilliant um, artistic mind. So your question, do I prefer being in the edit suite more or interview or in front of the camera more? Um, Being in the edit suite is a labor of love. And because I'm so close to the material, I really, it meant so much to me to try to deliver a dope video or a great interview. So there are nights where I'd be at TSN till four or five o'clock in the morning, going through the archives, looking for highlights of, um, say I did, um, I'm thinking of one in particular was a Clay Thompson interview I did during the NBA finals. Yeah. And Clay Thompson gave me the interview. The, the Raptors were up three one and they were, uh, so it was the, it was the off day. So I had to turn this interview. I interviewed him around noon and then I had to get this on the air in about 12 hours, and I went from the interview, which was done maybe at 12:30, right to TSN, and then I was like bunkered down, looking for all these Clay Thompson highlights. And I love mixing in highlights of the athlete and their elite performance in different jerseys, just so I could show that this person is dominating all in in various. On various courts, you know, because obviously the, the jerseys change on the road and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then at different times versus the Raptors. And then obviously specifically in that finals. Man, it was, it, it, yes, yeah, so again, it's a labor of love because it's not, like preparing for the edit is not sexy. It's It takes a lot of time finding the right music. Maybe you want to add a quote. It, maybe it's finding like a clip from a previous interview or something else that he's referred to on uh, like in a press conference or something just to add to it. And then it's like the fun things like he ended up taking off his shoe and he he pretended like it was a phone. This is during the NBA finals and they're down three one, but he was still playful (laughs) enough. He gave me, you know, the five or seven minutes and, and uh, shout out to Jim LaBombard, who is uh, uh, like one of the directors of, of PR for the NBA, like the league office. So he came over a couple minutes and goes, this is just basketball, right? I'm like, yeah, of course. He goes, listen, this is just going to be five minutes of basketball, right? No cabbie stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, obviously, yeah. I'm going to ask him basketball stuff. So I think I started with like one or two. And then, so I start with like the, you know, the stuff that either the PR person wants to talk about or, or just to make them feel comfortable. And then I, like, I make a hard left. Um, so my involvement in producing the pieces, I would sit with an editor because I didn't know how to edit with Avid. And then I would prepare what we call a paper edit. So you spend a couple of days preparing this paper edit so that when the editor gets it, then it's easy. It's like the, it's like you write the map or the blueprint uh, or the instructions, if you will. And they can just sort of um, plug in your notes and plug in the clips. And that part is so labor intensive. We can, this this Zach, I don't know if you know this, but there's something called shot listing where you have to yeah. transcribe every word of the interview. That takes hours. That yeah. part sucks. And that part is very laborious. But once you get in the edit suite and the the interview is starting to take form, you you feel a a greater sense of pride. It's like, this thing is coming together. These highlights work. This effect, this transition is popping. And this moment where Klay Thompson's laughing or he's speaking into his shoe like a phone, this is a cool moment. So um, I would probably say I enjoy the interaction with the athlete a little bit more because that brings me joy. But seeing the final product uh, is also joyful. But sometimes it just feels like a relief, like ah, oh, okay, it's done. I can like let my, my I can exhale and then immediately move on to the next thing. And that that part of the grind isn't isn't so much fun. But when the audience connects with it, or you get some cool comments, or young young cats like you, or like hey, we really. We really dug, you know, a handful of things that you've done in the past. Like, that part is very rewarding and it makes me like puts a smile on my face.
1: That's awesome. That, That's yeah. it's cool to know like how hands-on you are behind the scenes with all of your segments and and stuff that you do. It's like really cool to be able to learn your involvement in it from start to finish to like seeing it who you wanna interview, how you wanna interview them, what you wanna do with them to now sitting down in the edit suite, finding the highlights, then talking to the actual editor and being able to put out the final product. That's really, Thanks, that's really cool to know.
2: Thanks.
0: So Kev, you had, you had obviously Clay Thompson, our whole list uh, beforehand of all the guests you've had. But like Captain Ahab and Moby Dick, has there been someone who you've been after for an interview that's
2: just been too elusive?
0: We want to know who your white
2: question. whale is. Outstanding question. Um, well, we, were, we got, um, this is 2009. We got press passes to attend tiger woods is um he does like a tiger woods invitational around december i believe in california it may it may have changed uh, locations now because his home course is medalist in hope sound florida but this is in california so we got like the green light to come and we weren't promised we'd get to tiger woods but dave and i would we just have like a certain method where we would just wait things out and sometimes there's like a small gap in like the programming. Like, Oh, this, these seven minutes, like can I interview this person while they're waiting for X, Y, and Z? And they're like, all right, cool. So we got the green light to go to LA to interview Tiger Woods. There's to, to go to the event. And then like on, I don't know, on like the Tuesday night is when he has this altercation with his ex-wife, Elan Woods. He gets a golf club in the face. He drives away, crashes into, like, a tree or a fire hydrant in his neighborhood, and then TMZ reports it, and then the world changes. So, like, Tiger was close. Like, we were going to go, and, I, and I, I would just love to make him laugh and just, like, have a genuine moment of laughter because he's very guarded, which, is which, you know, after that TMZ moment, like, it changed. The, the yeah. paradigm with, with media and athlete change. So now the media is in the bedrooms, and digging up a athletes' past, where before, like in Michael Jordan's era, the media and athlete were um, weren't as adversarial. There was more give and take, and you can sit with a guy and have a beer with him in the locker room or the the dressing room after a game, while the you know dude smoked a cigar mm-hmm. or a couple of cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like everybody's guarded. It's it feels like there's more access to athletes because they use their own platforms to be like. To address their audiences and, and people can you know connect with them in the comments or the dms but guys like tiger who's a, a certain level of elite harder to get to so tiger's been my uh my movie dick for my whole uh my whole career i have it i got i guess that was the closest that i I've, I've gotten i've never even seen the man in real life it's just like we got the email like hey you guys can come I'm like amazing and then and that would have been like we probably would have we probably would have flown on Thursday, but the thing happened on like a Tuesday. It was like a, just a couple of days before we were supposed to go, and uh, obviously never happened.
1: Oh, that's too bad. Um, you, uh, you, one of the things you're really well known for, especially in Canada, I would say, is your interviewing style and your interviewing like technique, essentially. And uh, you get very personal and close <laughs> with the guests <laughs> that you're interviewing.
2: Yes, I respect oh. zero boundaries. <laughs> so.
1: I wanted to know, has there been anybody who you've ever interviewed who has ever been like, okay, I like, no, like, please stay back. Or like, they just really didn't take to it because a lot of the guys that we've seen, they, they really interact well. Like Aaron Rodgers specifically, when you do bits with him and stuff, he responds very well to it, especially with the Canadian bits and him wearing flannel or eating the right, chips. Thanks and man. Thank you. Thank But you. has there been anybody who's like, okay, uh, cabbie, like, no,
2: <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so I use that as a, as a disarming technique when I, like when I first started, I put my arm around somebody just to treat them like a friend, like I would my friends. And that's, that was just my general, um, extrovert, extroverted personality when I would meet people I try to be like friendly and, and, um, I guess my interview style was, that was the found that was foundational. And I always wanted to, like, let athletes know that we were the same. Like, we were, we both, you know, we love Jordans. We love girls eating great food. You know, we're just, our ages might be a little bit different, but we're all kind of of the same culture. And, um, you know, there are guys like, I did a bit once with the San Jose Sharks where I put, like, a Q-tip. In Joel Ward and Logan Couture's mouth because I wanted to get like a swab in case I wanted to send their DNA to a lab so I could get them cloned. And Joel Ward's like, "What are we doing, man? What do you? What do you? What do what you?" And I was like, "Come on, man! This is for science. You're gonna deny. You're gonna deny science." And eventually, I, you know, I swabbed the inner in his inside of his cheek. Um, but no, there have been dudes where I've literally put my nose on their faces and I'm talking <laughs> here. Like, I'm sure I've done that to Getz lab. I'm sure I've done that to. A bunch of hockey players. I used to do that to Vernon Wells and Jose Batista. Batista, I used to like yell in his face because the way that he swung a bat was so aggressive. And when he hit bombs at the skydome, I would just, I, my, uh, the way that I tried to, um, <laughs> try to embody that excitement. I was like, ah! So like my face, like my face was here and then Jose's was here. And I'm like, ah! ah, 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 So, okay. So your question is who didn't like it? Okay. So one time I was interviewing uh, Chris Paul and he was with New Orleans. He was not feeling this interview at all. He's like, are we going to do a real, are these, are, we gonna, are you going to ask me some real questions? I'm like, these are real questions. And I don't remember what I was asking at the time, but, you know, I always want to find out about the athlete and like the, per, the personality through relatable things like someone's phone or um, someone like a, a high school story where they were like an underdog or, you know, it's just something where the audience can connect with them yeah. because their athletic ability and their performance is something that we can't relate to because they're in the top one percent in their field. But everybody has a phone. People buy sneakers, everybody has a girlfriend or an ex-girlfriend. Like, you know, just those are kind of relatable things. Okay, so Chris Chris Paul. And I wasn't even that close to him, I don't if I can recall correctly. But um yeah, he, wasn't, he didn't like it. One time I interviewed Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan and I just ate a burrito before I, I, I went. Because the interview was like two o'clock and I ate a burrito from Chipotle and there were onions on that. Bad idea. So right at the beginning of the interview, <clears throat> Lowry's like, yo, you just have a burrito? I'm like, actually, yeah. He goes, you have onions on it? I'm like, yeah, he goes, I can smell them. And then just this whole demeanor change. I was like melting the side of his face with my, uh, with my hot breath. So that was a problem. So, and like, after Kyle Lowry told me that, I never go anywhere without breath mints. And gum, I can't (laughs) eat gum anymore. Because one time I was chewing gum and my gum fell out of my mouth and into Steve Nash's lap. And it was just sitting like right in the middle of his crotch. Mm -hmm. And then I had to decide like, how am I going to get the gum out of his lap? Like, am I going to reach in there with my hand? Or like, what am I going to do? And as every second went by, and I, and I'm like calculating what decision Five I'm making. Five-second rule. Make. Yeah, it just the, the stress and the heat in the room just got got hotter and hotter and just overwhelming my face. Eventually, I was wearing this dumb cowboy hat, and eventually, like I took a few swats at his <laughs> lap, and I and I like I just kept hitting hitting his manhood as and missing the gum. Did I don't he notice was, the gum was there of course of course okay, At one point, okay. so like when it when it dropped in his lap he just he looked up at me because he was sitting at, at his locker he looked at me up at me like oh, <laughs> so he's like did you just spit gum into my crotch and I was like <laughs> embarrassing I was like yes, yes I did um I'm trying to think if I had any bad interactions with Cole I don't think so um Oh my gosh! I've been very fortunate, I, I, I suppose. Uh, um, man, I can't I can't think of one where someone was like heated, where I felt like I was in either in some kind of danger or it was gonna get really embarrassing for me right away. I've embarrassed myself many times, but I can't think of one where I was like particularly close. or I was oh no, actually, well, uh, this is an old one. But I put my arm around Phil Jackson once. He was at the time the coach of the Lakers. He's like, what? No, no, no. You can interview me, you can ask me questions, but no touching, just no, no touch. touch. I was like, all right, cool. Well, I just thought that, you know, we'd become friends very quickly, but no, yeah, no problem. I tried to like, I backtracked it that way, but I was I was feeling hot on the inside. Like I was embarrassed. And there were like a few other media around, um, but uh, so it's happened a few times, but not, not any time recently. Fortunately, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, Cavi, I'm doing my due diligence and I come across a video of yours from 12 years ago where you share your best story ever. I'm not going to go into specifics, but it involves an older woman, a late night rendezvous, and a certain man enjoying a cup of coffee. Did you yeah. ring any bells?
2: Yeah, you know what? I got full disclosure, I stole that story. So that was on Strombo's show <laughs> and he asked me to tell your best story ever. And actually Tim McAuliffe gave me that story. Now I'm not going to say whether that was Tim in the story but Tim gave me that story about being with. Um, well, well, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Over the
0: last twelve years, you've been able to acquire some new material. So, using this time, <laughs> would you like to update your best story ever for the record? I do.
2: You know, you're right. Thank you, Ryan. I do need to update. Yeah, because um, I didn't know what story to tell at that point. I'm like, what? I don't know what's like. I needed a great story. Anyway, um, <clears throat> what is my new best story ever? Um, like running with the bulls is pretty dope. We went to Pamplona, Spain. Check that out, the bucket list. Um, I mean, I mean, earlier, just eating out of the Stanley Cup is pretty legit. Uh, I mean, I got to hug Michael Jordan uncomfortably for like seven or eight <laughs> seconds, which is pretty dope. Where like he could feel like the heat of my body on his body, like it was one of those. And he was just like, this is revolting. <laughs> uh, you know um i got to oh boy you know after we get after this podcast over, i'm gonna think of like oh why did i tell that story you yes, idiot yes. um i mean right now the story that comes to mind is like the one i pitched um flying in a helicopter with kobe bryant we were at this uh, charity event and I was hosting this video game thing. It was him versus Carmelo. And at the dinner afterwards, we were hanging out and I said, Cole, like, what I wrote, the initial idea when I was talking to Dave was, man, maybe we should get a hot air balloon. And then Dave was like, what about a helicopter? I'm like, ooh. So fast forward, I get flown to LA to host this event. Yeah, again, we're at dinner. And I'm like, hey, Cole, like, maybe for our next. So every time I would see him, I would pitch him two new ideas so this is among one of my new ideas what if we just did a helicopter ride together like what if we just took a helicopter ride to work he goes all right man we'll do the helicopter idea i'm like what so i look at allison bogley who's like the director of pr from lakers allison do you hear that kobe agreed to the helicopter i look at jerry sawyer who's his manager like jerry do you hear that Kobe do the helicopter i didn't know that kobe had his own helicopter i was thinking we would blow the entire budget at the score that year Whatever our budget, we had a pretty substantial budget because I would get to fly in a bunch of places and do some cool things. Like the whole, like the CEO's credit card, like the whole thing is going to be on the helicopter. But Kobe had his own. So fast forward another like three or four months. It was in December. And then here we are. We're racing to this small airport in Santa Ana, California. So Kobe lived in Newport Beach. He drove to this small airport. And he took a helicopter avoiding traffic like an hour of traffic it took like 20 minutes for us to get to the practice facility then he practiced then we did the interview and then the next game the next day called so we do the same thing So drive from newport to this small airports and and a, fly in a bigger helicopter, land on a plane downtown in LA with a helipad on the on the friggin' roof, one of these skyscrapers, and then get a car service to the staple center, drop thirty five points, eight rebounds and a W and then Vanessa would drive him home or he would have a driver drive him back when the when the traffic was much less was was um, far reduced because he was at, you know, eleven or twelve yeah. at night. So We took one of the smaller helicopters to practice, and it was just phenomenal. And actually, the next day when we went to the game, he hits a game winner over Dwayne Wade. When Dwayne was, before LeBron got to the Heat, and he, like, banked it. It was, like, incredible. And then when I interviewed him after the game, he told me to get on the bus with the Miami Heat. He's like, he goes, well, meet me by the bus. I'm like, which bus? He goes, the one, one well, if you see D-Wade, don't worry about it. That's the right bus. I want you to get on that bus. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll go get on that bus. Uh, But, yeah, that that, – that was kind of that was like the pinnacle of my uh interviews with COVID. And they're always like I'm so fond and will always live in a special place in my heart because as famous as he was, he like he let his guard down and let this idiot that you're speaking to. Yeah, you know, he gave me like five or ten minutes once a year, sometimes twice a year, to ask ridiculous things and bring him dumb, like I bring him pajamas and I brought him a snow globe once, I brought him a key to my house. Like, I'm just, like, the weirdest, the weirdest things. And, I, and many times I, I asked to go to his house. Like, can we do an interview at his house? Can you ask Vanessa? Vanessa's like, no. No cameras and like, no. Not. And I meet, I met Vanessa. If you to hey, Vanessa, my name's Cavi from Toronto. I, I interviewed your husband in a very, She's like, yeah, I know, I know who you are. I'm like, okay, cool. But then I want to follow up with, well, can we come to your house? But I never did. I never had the courage to then ask her to recover. Um, uh, and, I, and I wish maybe I did in, in hindsight. But it was still it was still like magical to have someone of Kobe's stature just like all right, allow himself to show his true personality and yeah. like be and not be super fierce um competitor guy in the interviews. You just be like a regular like the regular version of it, of him and, and hopefully the audience benefited seeing him just be super relaxed.
1: I would say that through the interviews that you did with him. Uh, A lot of people, a lot of basketball and even just sports fans in general got to understand Kobe a little bit more away from his killer instincts, like his mama mentality on the court. Um, But not a lot of people get to know Kobe the way that you did and they get to know and meet him and understand him as a person and what makes him who he is off of the court kind of thing. Would you be able to talk about hit Kobe away from the court? There's a lot of things we knew about how hard he worked and then his career that he was developing in the entertainment industry and stuff. But would you be able to talk about Kobe as a person and just like a friend?
2: Sure. He was, um, he was evolving and yeah, he was a tenacious competitor on the court and his, his pursuit of excellence was unlike very few. Uh, and obviously Michael Jordan was like his North star and he, and it was like the student wanted to become the master or defeat the master. But then like off the court, you know, when he got, when he, you know, when his body started to break down and he was thinking about his life post basketball, he wanted to, and he didn't explicitly say this to me. These are things that I've read or I've heard anecdotally but he wanted to just, he wanted to make his effect off the court greater than what he did on the court, which is extremely hard to do because he was a five-time champion and a global icon. One of the first athletes to really embrace the Asian markets and the foreign markets. He would spend several weeks in the summer. I think it started in, I want to say like 07 or 08. He would go on a Philippines tour or go on a China tour. And then that would help to grow the game of basketball. Cause then he was like, people could see him, they could attend his camps and he was running there were, there were like videos of him running training camps at like four or five in the morning. And there were like hundreds of kids that were like dying to attend, woke up at, when it was dark out and then went to some gym and then Kobe was leading them in drills and so th- things like that. And this was part of um, his mystique, but it was important to him to like use his voice and, and build a bigger platform for his, for his voice. That's why he started He, write, he wrote books, the Wizenard series Mm -hmm. I mean, he was doing, obviously he did the Dear Basketball documentary, short documentary, which won an Oscar. Um, And, you know, one of the, one of the bigger, and I suppose we never got to see this fully realized, but the way that he embraced and was such an advocate for women's basketball and women's soccer and women's tennis, even less so tennis, but basketball and soccer was amazing. I mean, he, once he was out of the spotlight, he was like, I'm going to move um, Gianna uh, to Gigi into the spotlight. Like I'm gonna be her coach, and was teaching her the game. They were at like NBA games together, and he was such a he was such a fan of the USA women's um, soccer team. He had a uh, great relationship with Sidney Larue, and you know it was it's amazing to see, and you don't see this in other sports, I guess, because there aren't the equivalent in other sports. But like LeBron, Carmelo, Chris Paul, Kobe, like they attend. WNBA basketball games in the summertime just to show their support and their solidarity i think that's amazing i mean we don't see hockey players attending cwhl games and we don't see i mean you know baseball is different because there isn't like a women's baseball league i mean uh there are some softball leagues etc but and in football obviously there's no equivalent but just to see that sort of that fraternity of basketball was awesome so I know that his using his voice and his platform was very important for him, and he was just at the beginning of this media company. And then he had like this $100 million investment fund um, with uh, with the guy in New York, and I can't remember his name. But Kobe was about to like he was about to be a force in the media and entertainment and content world, and. Obviously, he left us uh, too short or too early, but it was it was it was awesome to see that growth from the guy who just wanted to be better than Michael Jordan to the guy who wanted to like affect the culture in a way that Michael Jordan did in various ways.
0: Yeah, we, really, we just really appreciate you sharing that with us, Cabby. I know it uh, must be difficult for you to talk about. Um, I love as, that as dude. So at, at
2: times it was mm-hmm. tough, but I love that dude, so, and I'm so grateful for the the time that he gave me. So well, thank you for asking about him.
0: Cabby, before we let you go, we have uh, we're gonna take things way back. So you're okay. originally from Cam- you're originally <laughs> <laughs> this is you're originally from Cambridge, and you went to the Galt Institute, the Galt yeah. Collegiate Institute, rather. That's right. So yeah, 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 So in 2003, they implemented the Stairway of Excellence to recognize <laughs> the accomplishments of the alumni in their chosen fields. We want to know: Are you in talks with the people at Galt to get in that Stairway? <laughs> and if not, what do you feel you need to do, or what would you what would your pitch be to make your case? Outstanding well, we
2: question. I didn't former even know NHL that what, one existed.
0: What's that? Yeah, well, Former NHL linesman Bob Hodges was inducted in 2011. No disrespect to Bob. Come on. Come on. You right. need, you, you you're,
2: come on. You, you got to be in there. What are you going to say to the people at golf? <sighs> I, <be> <laughs> I might be a little bit salty that I'm not, I'm not in there. You know, <laughs> there weren't that many luminaries that went to my high school. Um, hmm. Boy. So if anybody on the committee at GCI seeing this interview, and you are on um, some kind of board which which will select the next group of people that will be forever honored in the stairway of excellence, here's my pitch to you. I'm a knucklehead (laughs) and because I'm authentically myself and because I've been very lucky in my life, I've been able to do some cool things. So. Shouldn't, the, by virtue of being able to do some cool things in media where there weren't other knuckleheads like me, um, be considered for this stereo of excellence? And listen, uh, full disclosure, I mean, you could read the transcripts. My marks weren't that great. Uh, there were a few years I was an A student, but that was like early in the high school years. By the end of it, I was just like, my focus... Uh, was probably more on girls than it was on uh, <laughs> physics. Um, but listen, you know, if we're looking at a body of work as someone that uh, made the all-star team on the, uh, was a, uh, was a, a WIC, uh, wixa, which is the, the name of our region, the Waterloo County region, made it, was, I was on the all-star team in football. Uh, and that's, I think, my only accolade. Uh, and I used to edit some videos for school on student council and at athletic banquets, you guys know, I should be in that stairwell of excellence. I can't even say the word. <laughs> so just forgot those last 10 seconds and that stutter there, but you guys know. That's, a, that's amazing. What Great research, ride. I didn't even know that existed. And I got to, we moved to Cambridge when I was 12 and I went to Galt when I was 14. I, I did my high school years there. And, uh, yeah, it was, um, and our, our school looks like a castle and it's, it's this beautiful school. And I used to do like plays at, and it was weird. I was like, the only athlete that would do that was like so into the arts and maybe I, and I got like a, a pass, I guess, to do so. Cause I was like one of the more, more vocal idiots in like one of the, basically I was a class clown, but then I used my class clown talents uh, on the stage and then played sports at a very mediocre level, but I, <laughs> I still played. Uh, and um yeah, I think, I think back at that era fondly. But, you know, as someone with a, such a diverse skill set, being a class clown and a mediocre athlete, that, that's got to mean excellence, doesn't it? I, I, I think, I think it so. Does. I mean, I, we're going to see if
0: we can get in contact with some of the people at Galt and, and show them this last few minutes of the interview. I think you deserve to be there. We're going to see what we can do to help you out, to, to be forever commemorated in the stairway of
1: excellence. We'll uh, I don't, submit the tape to, the, to Galt. We'll reach out to them.
2: Please
1: do. So, Cabby, thank you for taking the time to do this. This has been an absolute blast. I know Ryan and I are both huge fans of yours. Uh, we, we're honored that you took the, you joined us and you, you agreed to come on and you shared all these sto- amazing stories with us, took us a little bit through your journey. Um, it's been a lot of fun to be able to catch up with you and talk with you. We wish you nothing but the best in your uh, time with Bleacher Report and we hope you enjoy it out there in Las Vegas. We know that the weather has got to be absolutely great even though it's not the best to run in, but uh, <laughs> hopefully the gyms will open up soon so you can get back to there and you don't have to worry thank about uh, the, the heat. The quarantine 15?
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, the quarantine 15. But uh, yeah. we want to thank you for coming on. We really, really appreciate it, and it's been an absolute blast.
2: My pleasure. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Ryan. appreciate you guys having me on Lads and Lawn Shows. This is a lot of fun, so let's not wait uh, so long next time to get me back on and tell some more stories that I might likely regret. <laughs> because I yeah. say loose lips sh- sink ships. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Well, Cabby, right, thank you very much. We really My appreciate pleasure. it. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you in the future.
2: Sounds good. Thank you, fellas. Thank, thank you. you.
1: That was uh, an incredible interview with Cabby, the man, the myth, the legend, Cabby Richards. It was so cool to get to talk to him. I still, like, we, we mentioned it before the interview. I could not believe that. He was, had agreed to come on. And then when he came on, he was just one of the coolest, like most genuine people that we,
0: oh, it, it, exactly, I got to meet, man. Like,
1: you know, it was like and, so and, cool that what you see on TV is exactly what he is.
0: Yeah. He was just an unreal guy to talk to. I, like, yeah. if you watch our YouTube video or the promotional post, like you can see that Philly and I could not get the smiles off, off our faces. Man. We were both grinning ear yeah. to ear. It was probably one of the, the coolest moments of my life. Coolest moments of my life. Just be, being able to talk to somebody who I grew up like watching every day. Yeah. And yeah, being a huge day, fan honestly. of. And you know what got me is when I would, or both of us would ask questions. He'd be like, oh, great questions. Like, yeah. You know, that's like such validation. Holy. <laughs> yeah. This guy like, who's thanks, man. interviewer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again for Cavi for coming on. We really appreciate it. And we had an absolute blast. What a treat yeah. it was to be able to talk to one of the most iconic Canadian TV personalities of all time.
1: Yeah, it was it was amazing and like just so much fun. It was so exciting. I don't even know. It was it was and, amazing.
0: And uh, we wish him we wish him nothing but the best at, at Bleacher Report. Obviously, we'll all miss him and probably won't be able to see his, see his content as often as we did. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll find a way. I
1: will we'll find a way. <laughs> We're going to have to get uh, Cabby one of those like Camelbacks, like a customized yeah, lads. And that's what we
0: were talking about. Because like I, I looked and apparently you can only buy them in bulk, the custom ones. But Cabby, if you're listening to this, maybe shoot shoot us your uh, like mailing address and we'll see if we can work something out. Like send you some lads and launchers <laughs> merch, nice little customized Camelback for your runs there.
1: Yeah. We might have to get some uh, merch going then. Get some like Be Better merch. I don't even know oh, what else. Yep, well, this, or know what? this or
0: that. This or that. This or that merch. Um, Big things yeah. coming. We I mean, we could we could honestly probably fire out some good merch. It's just a matter of doing the, the research and figuring out a good platform that supports it, and also coming up with like quality merchandise. We're not gonna just throw out some like lame stuff to you guys. That's yeah. not fun for anybody involved. No, but yeah, spe- speaking of be better, I really enjoy this segment. I love it.
1: Yeah, it gets a little I think it's, it's a little such bit. an improvement
0: from, from Trigger Like It's kind of the same thing, but just more versatile So that being said That being said, Philly This is our second Be Better episode And it's going to be a good one I, I have some things in mind that just need to be better
1: Well Let's not waste any more time Let's get to uh, our first Segment of the show Be Better
0: So I'm sure I'm not the only one who who spends like a good, a good unhealthy amount of time on TikTok. All right. So I'm on deal with it. I'm on TikTok and I'm scrolling and scrolling. And one thing I've noticed a lot of recently is there's like like mothers. There's mothers and they have like these cups of water. And they're like, there's the, the audio goes like, I, I, I can't do an impression of it. I'll put like, the clip Ugh. in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be better than me making an ass of myself. But they have that audio playing with the glass of water and they just throw the water right on their babies.
1: Yeah. What are you yeah. Doing? <laughs> okay. So what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really been on TikTok at all recently, like a little bit here and there. I think I send you a couple things when I see them just because it's like, what the hell is this? And he needs to see this kind of thing. But uh, other than that, I hadn't really been on. And you text me, and you're like, "Yo, look at this trend on TikTok right now. It's 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 indescribable. Like it's almost and an, like makes you like angry because you're like, what the hell are you thinking? They're using that. their babies Please. for
0: clout. Yeah, you can't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and like." So the thing is, it's like, I would understand it if they were, like, six. Like, you just y- like young children to be funnier. But they're literally, like, newborn babies in some yeah, places. Yeah, and they're just throwing it. And they look so sad. Yeah, they, they look so sad and distraught. <laughs> like,
1: like it, nobody's miserable. enjoying
0: this but you. And, like, maybe, again, you got a mess to clean up. You're yeah. just crying. Now, what, you have a TikTok that gets 60 likes. Congrats. <laughs> Congrats <laughs> nice. on that. Like, he better.
1: Barely don't, even, don't like... pour water on your baby. Yeah, not even pouring your water baby. either. Like, splashing it aggressively on the child. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Some stupid, stupid audio. Yeah. Be better. Mothers of TikTok, wake up. Just be better. The next thing I wanted to get into you with, Philly, that just... I think that this is a little controversial. Okay. 2K Sports. Yeah. Needs to be better. Why? I, I was playing... Um, I was playing Two K Twenty with my brother. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll get right into this. I was playing Two K Twenty with my brother, and we're like, you know what? Like WNBA has a mode now. Let's let's fire it up. Diana Taurasi, Brittany yeah. Griner, and the gals. Like, well, yeah. I think he was playing with the Seattle team with Sue Bird and, and Brianna Stewart. Yeah, I know. Okay, like, legends. WNBA. Get over it. So I'm playing WNBA, and like we get into the play now menu, and it's like, no, oh, absolutely. And I get into the play now menu and it's like, oh, would you like to customize your like armbands and headbands and what accessories would you like to put on your character? And this isn't my career. This is play now. I have never once played a game of like men's NBA in play now and been able to customize my character. What the hell? Is that not the most sexist? Like you can't do that, 2K. Be better. Just because they're women doesn't mean you need to include a customization and an accessorization feature for, your, for the gals uh, before the game.
1: <laughs> oh, so you just think it's like it's, like, not not a, not okay because, like, they're letting the woman customize it because they're like, oh, that's a woman thing to do. Yeah, Is maybe. That, maybe they okay, can. Okay. I don't know <laughs> the
0: motives. I don't know the motives behind it, but I, I can't remember ever seeing that for the men's side of things. Yeah. I've never been able to, like, oh, take the armband off LeBron before playing with the ca- uh, like with the Lakers or whatever. Or, right. like, you know, James oh, shouldn't wear his leg sleeves this game because they clash with the Rip City jerseys. But like, man, with the women's with the women's side, you can do all that, and it just, and it's I've never seen it before, and I was I was just outraged. Be better, two K.
1: <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. That one uh, I haven't even seen. I haven't really seen that at all. I don't play play now when I play two K. Strictly like a my career guy. Just put yeah, it. I've, I've gotten
0: into the my team recently, and oh, okay. like. The contracts kind of kind of make me angry because it's so annoying to like renew the contracts. But I entered some like locker codes that I found on YouTube, and now my team's already loaded with like ninety fives. And it's like, wow, that was pretty easy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, no wonder it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like. I'm not cheating. I, like, you know, you. Like, no, I think they come out. Locker codes come out like every week. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so it's just. I think like it's like uh, a part. Just a part of the accessible game. Accessible
1: to everybody. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I won't. Yeah. Uh, won't harp on you then. But
0: yeah, TikTok mothers with their.
1: Baby water? Yeah, <laughs> it's not, ex- and not a 2K,
0: acceptable. And two K, it's not acceptable at all. Be better, be better.
1: Um, all right. Well, I think we got to get into our uh, our final segment before we wrap things up, and that's our weekly segment of Lad of the Week. So, without further ado, let's get into our what is it fourth ever Lad of the Week?
0: This is our fourth. This is our fourth Lad of the Week.
1: Okay, so. Earlier this week in Ontario, gatherings were allowed. Are uh, they were, what's uh? They were expanded to ten people, and, and uh, yeah. And with all this going on, like one of our buddies, uh, Kent, he he goes to school in Dal, but Dal, but he was home because there was nothing to do in Dal. He's doing online courses, whatever. Um, but with everything opening in Halifax, it's like all open again, which wild like everything's open again so he's gonna go back out there in like beginning of july so his mom wanted him to have a like a night out with the boys before he heads back so basically our lot of the week for the fourth week is kent's mom the one and only larry nakamichi larry yeah larry drove kent from their home in oshawa to markham Dropped him off so that he could hang with the boys. She drove back to Oshawa right after she dropped him off. And then later came back to Markham and drove back to Oshawa just to pick Kent up. So just so so Kent could have a night with the boys and see everybody before he heads back, our lad of the week, Larry Nakamichi, for being an absolute hero and driving that mission there and back, there and back, just so Kent could have a night out. So that's our lot of the week. That's huge. That is huge. Now that, that is, that is, like I
0: can't even, my parents would never,
1: never. <laughs> no, it's it's impressive. Like that's a, it's a mission, man. It's like 45 minutes, I think. Hefty.
0: Well, hefty. yeah, from welcome Mark, to Oshawa, I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> that is hefty. So Larry, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you yeah. for your service. Share it to you. Uh, Incredible gesture.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. amazing. Well, McGee, I think that uh pretty much wraps up episode 36. What a time it's been. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. We uh brought a huge, huge interview with Cabby. I mean huge. So much fun. So cool to get to talk to him, hear his stories. We uh we've brought big guests. We told you and, guys big things were coming.
0: Yeah. And did, did, people, did people believe us? Not necessarily, but I, you better believe it now. Like, we're not lying. We're not lying.
1: Yeah, there's more. We
0: wouldn't lie. We're not lying to your face. <laughs> but there is more. There is more. Yes. So take this in, Philly. We're only on episode 36. We started, right. uh, the return part two is episode 32. So in four episodes, we've managed to bring the people James Duffy, Cabby Richards, Morgan Frost, Michael McNevin, Keisha Mystery. Yeah. And there's more where that came from. In
1: four episodes.
0: In four episodes. Yeah. So I'm gonna give you a little hint, uh, maybe a little something, something, for the next guests that we're having on next week. All I'm gonna say is uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna need to be drinking some stronger beer uh, this week to to mentally prepare myself for get through for the
1: what's summer heat. Yeah, get, get through, the through the summer, summer heat, heat and uh, be ready for those big things coming. Definitely gonna need some stronger beer. beer. We got stronger beer. Woo!
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 36. And you know the drill. Catch us next week. Same time, same planes, same launchers. Thanks, for watching, See ya.